episode four. Ah, Martin, I didn't see you sneak in. Dorian greeted the arrival, turning to Alfred. I should have known that the Catholic would miraculously sense that something like this is being suggested and would object. Martin, I know we agree on few things, but this is one of them, Alfred said. I also think this is complete rubbish, but harmless rubbish. It can do no harm and might even be an interesting way to spend an hour as an observer. What he said, Chris added. I don't see how it could do any harm. Martin had opened his door just as Dorian had uttered the word Reiki, a coincidence that Dorian thought spooky. Martin was going to object and actually had a point to make, but the three pairs of eyes and three simultaneous, if mild, counter-objections to his own objection unsettled him. Dorian seized his chance and put Martin's moment of confusion to good use. I'll pass on this one, Dorian said. Alfred will demolish you better than I could anyway. I've got a Reiki master to call. Martin, keep him talking while I make the call. Just two minutes. There's a good chap. And before Martin could do more than open his mouth in protest, Dorian had retrieved his phone from where it had fallen in the excitement of the story and was on his way out of the room. What a nutcase, Chris said. You mean a... Alfred searched for words. Yes, I suppose I can't do better than nutcase. He grinned at Chris. Look, turning to Martin, nothing will happen. Martin steeled himself. You don't know that. I know you don't believe in spiritual forces, but the idea of the imminent emergence of the Reiki man as the material embodiment of spiritual energy or of going back to one of your past lives is more than ridiculous. The whole idea of channeling spiritual power is demonic. What power are they summoning here? None, because there is no supernatural. It's just rubbish. Still, I won't let Dorian's practitioner try to contact one of my non-existent past lives. I wasn't aware Reiki involves that. I'll just see what the Reiki practitioner says and does, and whether he can persuade me that I'm experiencing something that I couldn't possibly be experiencing. But here we just get on to the whole discussion of the spiritual realm, which is rather too much for a brief amount of time. Let's get this evening set up and we can talk about spirituality another time. Here's a sign-up sheet. Martin, what do you want to eat? Uh, oh, all right. Martin was taken aback. He should have known that he would get chewed up and spat out effortlessly by Alfred. Each time he should have known. Yet so often he stumbled into a contest with Alfred anyway and was invariably worsted. At least this had been a stalemate on the surface of it. That was something. He wrote down his preference and handed the sheet to Chris, who went off to make his calls. But you should be careful before agreeing to anything, especially anything suggested by Dorian, just for the sake of an experiment. Again, something we can agree upon. The difference between us in this case is on what constitutes danger. 
I do not recognize spiritual danger because I do not recognize the soul, at least not in the sense in which you would define it. Well, at least he got a step further that time, thought Martin, though it was rather a small step. It was not going to get any better than that in this discussion. He sighed. Yes, you're right. This is a big topic. Some other time. Some other time. Oh, it's 6.43. Let's witness the emergence, shall we? They wandered over into the other flat together, just in time to witness the event that divided every day of the group, except Sunday, into its two constituent parts. That event was the emergence of Bruce. Bruce completed his morning routine and was at his desk by 6.30am. Early enough that only Chris, the shopkeeper, saw him before then. And Dorian now and again, whenever he stayed up all night or decided on one of his 3am meditation specials or that he wanted to watch the sunrise. Basically, whenever Dorian was being Dorian. But apart from that, as far as the group were concerned, Bruce was in businessman mode from before they were up until 6.45pm. Then he would stand up from his desk on the dot and emerge around 6.45.30pm. Then his other life began and he would transform the atmosphere of the two flats. Again, unless Dorian had decided to conduct a social or psychological experiment that involved redesigning the common spaces of the two flats, or embarked on one of his epic cooking adventures, or found an audience for one of his impressions. Again, basically whenever Dorian was being Dorian. But apart from that, Bruce's emergence from his lair marked the end of the work day and the beginning of the time of leisure for the whole group. Today's emergence was set to be the most special one on record, due to the momentous event that lunch break. Perhaps apart from the day of the spiked coffee, when he had stepped out from his den still partially high, having somehow managed to get through a whole afternoon's work to the cheers of Dorian, the amusement of Clive and the shock of Chris. Today's scene was similar. When Alfred and Martin entered flat three, the other three were looking at their watches, counting down. 29, 28. Ooh, good, quick, shh, you're just in time, Dorian whispered. The two new arrivals took up position. The suspense grew. 13, 12. Chris suppressed an anticipatory giggle. Three, two, one. Thunk. That's it, he's closed the laptop. Shh, scrape. The chair, the chair. Firm footsteps. The welcome committee took a few steps back to clear the doorway. The door opened. Bruce, hey man. We almost had you. You're not pissed or anything. That was an impressive feat, Bruce, came Alfred's sober assessment. Bruce was momentarily taken aback. Hey, guys. He shook his head in admiration and grinned at the two conspirators. That was some prank you pulled. That was some seriously well-presented bullshit, Clive. You should consider being a salesman. 
and you should consider entering an eating competition, Bruce. Clive returned the compliment. Those are some next-level eating skills. Ha, thanks, but I was being serious. Me too. Well, you two idiots nearly ruined my schedule, but managing to keep it going like that gave me such a rush you've no idea. I've never been able to approach this project with such a clear mind and so much energy before, though I must admit I've got stomachache. I can believe it very well, Dorian said. We heard your howl. I felt it in the depths of my being. We were trying to help you by liberating you from your schedule, but it seems we've managed to help you in another way. See what happens when you let the universe guide you? It works things out for the best. I wore my lucky t-shirt. It must have been a good omen. He held it by the bottom and stretched it out for all to see. Its only design was the number 10 in large, bold, yellow letters on an increasingly faded background that had probably originally been sky blue. You know what that means? 10, the perfect number, the perfect plan, the perfect result, the perfect day. Wow, where do I even start? Alfred asked. Okay, okay, enough of this. Bruce stepped between the two of them. Let's just chill, and not in your way, he added to Dorian. Martin stepped in. We're doing the series watch party. You need to choose an episode. Well, that's easy. LOLO, obviously. With all the twisted and depressing shit you guys are going to come up with. His arm swept around the group, omitting Chris. We could all do with a good laugh. And Dr. Jekyll is back, Clive observed to Chris. Just one rule. You can all bring your weird shit, just no political or religious messages, Bruce warned. Obviously, we all know the rule, Chris said. Just checking. So, where are we doing this thing? In four. I've already set up everything here for tomorrow for the most epic gaming session you've ever experienced. Clive said with barely concealed excitement. Is that? No, no way. Bruce looked in the direction of Clive's eager gaze. His voice sank to an awestruck whisper and his outstretched arm and pointing finger remained suspended in midair. A PS6, yes, Clive said with immense and fully justified pride and excitement. It arrived yesterday. But that, that, still in the pre-order phase, I know. I know, but I know someone who knows someone. Wow, Clive, that's the second impressive thing you've pulled off today. Clive absorbed Bruce's admiration into his own broad grin of satisfaction and pride. Let's see this miracle, this wonder, Bruce continued. Tomorrow, we'll have all day. Let's get started on our binge. We have six episodes to watch and talk about. 
All right. Bruce kicked off his shoes, pulled off his tie and walked to the fridge for a beer, of which he took a pull with immense satisfaction. He let himself be led out of the flat, casting a longing look at the PS6 as he went. But you know what this means, right? What? I haven't been outside since Sunday. Tonight's taken and there's no way I'm going out tomorrow with that baby waiting for me. Clive, I have you in my sights. Dorian, watch out. I'm coming for your record. Ooh, exciting. As if this day couldn't get any better, Dorian said. If you make it through Sunday, that'll be seven days. Clive, you're on eight, right? Eight days, 17 hours. You're going down, Bruce said. I only go out two to three times Monday to Saturday in a normal week anyway. Dorian, your record is... 13 days. 13 days? What the hell were you doing, man? It was the most spiritual experience. It was like I was out of this world. No, I believe his stench was what was out of this world. Alfred corrected. He went into some kind of trance for about half that time. It was the most peaceful week of my life, albeit the smelliest. Well, one more week and I'll have you, Bruce said. Nearly halfway there. Well, if anyone can do it, it's you. That energy you showed today still gives me goosebumps. Ooh, I have an idea. Let's make the episode thing a competition. We have to decide at the end whose choice is most worthy of being binge-watched. And whose episode was the best? The two are not necessarily the same, Martin said. True. They all thought that was a great idea. Fifteen minutes later, their food arrived. They paid for their orders by swiping a QR code on the delivery man's phone and set everything out on the coffee table in front of Flat 4's 88-inch TV. Clive had connected his laptop to it via Bluetooth, and they settled down into the couch and armchairs that surrounded it. Thank you for listening to my tale. Please like, subscribe and share to stay updated on the next instalments, and so I can reach more people. If you don't want to wait, or you prefer to read, you can find Sandcastle at High Tide on Amazon. The link is in the description.